What if you were able to sit down for lunch with some of the greatest leaders in the world? What would you ask? What would they say? Welcome to the Lynch with a Leader podcast, where you're invited to join us in learning the spiritual principles behind big success. Here's your host, Mike Lynch. We have a lot of important talks we have in life, talks about jobs, careers, but our guest today on episode 197 of Lynch with a Leader believes that there is a talk that if a high school or college graduate can get this, it can change their journeys. And I'm telling you, you might feel the exact same way when we get off this episode. If I've never met you before, my name is Mike, and it is my honor to welcome you on the spiritual leadership journey as we're all seeking to be the leaders that we were created to be in the spaces and places that God has put us. Well, what a banner year 2023 has been, and I am fired up to wrap up this year with you on this episode of Lynch with a Leader because Dale Alexander is going to bring it. We were connected by our mutual friend, Tim Elmore, and some other close local friends. We met for breakfast at the beautiful Cracker Barrel and absolutely knew after about five minutes why I needed to meet Dale Alexander. I knew he was an incredibly successful business leader as an employee benefits broker and a certified financial planner. I knew he served on boards of some great organizations like Camp Highland and Growing Leaders and was an elder in his amazing church. But what I came to learn about Dale was his absolute passion about how to use money for our benefit. And I'm telling you, when you hear Dale break down the talk, which he has traveled to schools and colleges and churches giving the talk, his book is given away to every graduating senior in the state of Georgia. And if they can get 70, 20, 10, Dale believes it can change the rest of their journey. So, Today's going to be fun. If you have a student in your home, you're going to be wanting to order the book from Dale. If you have young leaders in your organization, you're going to be wanting to order this book from Dale or bring him in to speak. And all his info is in our show notes. So I don't know where you're listening from or watching from today, but I want you to do me a favor and I want you to pull up a chair and I want you to listen in to my conversation with my friend and hopefully your soon to be friend, Dale. Alexander. Well, Dale, thank you so much for joining me in this episode of Lynch with a Leader. It is an honor to get to spend some time with you. Thank you. Super excited. Glad well, I remember the very first time we met, we got to break bread at Cracker Barrel. You can't <laughs> beat a good breakfast at Cracker Barrel, can you? Of course, everybody around our table knew you and came over and talked to <laughs> the mayor. Well, so, it, it just means you. I eat there too much. That's what it means. I just eat there too much. That's right. One of my favorite things about meeting you is passion. You Mm. exude passion. Walk me back to Dale growing Mm. up. Was that who you were even then? It it actually was. um, One of my teachers called me Sunshine. And uh, I've just always been passionate. Got that from my dad. My dad was a superintendent. so I guess a politician, whatever. And he he was just, he just loved kids. He loved people. 
And I got, I watched my dad love, love his life, love what he did, loved why he did it. And it rubbed off on me. You know, as you look back on that, that that's a, that's a very interesting part. I didn't know that part about your journey. What did your dad infuse in you that you're still living out today? What are some of the deposits mm. that he dropped in you? He may have never even meant to that helped define who Dale Alexander is today. So my character leaves awake mm. and uh, my company, uh, I'll get emotional about this. I had tremendous parents tremendous parents if I could be a tenth of the man my father is I will have succeeded beyond my wildest measure my dad was a school superintendent became a school superintendent at the age of 34 his longtime mentor suddenly dies he gets thrust into the spotlight of leadership it's the first year of integration in Georgia schools as a 34 year old new superintendent thrust into the spotlight and your first day on the job and there's state patrolmen lining the top steps of your high school and my, my dad handled that day, that year, and the next 21 years with amazing grace and character. And my company manages benefits for schools. So I've, I've come behind my father in an industry dealing with schools. And hundreds of people have, over the years, I've talked to in 37 years that have known my father. Not one of them has ever said anything less than my father's a great man. Mm. Our house was shot because of decisions my father made about kids and not about race. We were run out of a town. We lost friends. And I never knew it about my, they, my dad never said that. I remember being at a, at a finalist presentation one night in South Georgia. And I mentioned my father was a superintendent 20 miles away. And he stops me and he, the board chairman stops me and he goes, hold on. Is your father Warren Alexander? And I said, yes, sir, he is. And he stepped, looked at everybody and he goes, I know this boy's daddy. He's a great man. He must be a great man too. And when he said, is your father, Warren Alexander, I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait to tell him, yes, he is, mm. because I knew the gift I was about to get. Because I knew my father walked his talk and I walked behind. I walked behind his legacy and I stood on his shoulders and I, walked, I came behind him and it made my path easier. It could have shut my business down. But I couldn't wait to tell people Warren Alexander is my father because I knew the kind of man he was. And there's a thousand other stories about my father. It's an incredible man. That's powerful. Where where did, and I know you and I spent a lot of time at breakfast that morning mm -hmm. talking about your faith. And faith is a massive, massive part of who you are. Where did that faith really become real to you when did it become yours um watching mom and dad it was theirs and um you know that that saying more is caught than is taught it's so true and you know preach a sermon and if you have to use words you've heard these things and it just i just i just lived in a sermon of my parents i just and my mother i mean it just i just I just grew up in a sermon and not legalist. I just grew up watching. I've got a sheet in there, the things that my father taught me that I framed. I just wrote it to him one time. There's 60 or 70 things my dad taught me and I gave it to him for a father's day. And it's, you know, 
I mean, how to how to throw a ball, how to how to how to hunt, how to how to tithe when things are tough, how to run a business, how to love your wife. I mean, just a thousand you know things that my dad taught me, and I just it just yeah just began to see the truth of Jesus. I just I just saw it in my parents, and I just I just watched. I had open eyes and open ears. And I just listened. Crazy. I just listened to my mom and dad and. Sure. Did I tell them, you know, open up to them all the time? No, other other friends. But man, they were great people. And it's just taught me more is caught than is taught. There's a lot of parents listening into our episode today that go, Dale, my kids are teenagers. They're really not paying attention to who I am or how I live. Cause this is going to tie <laughs> yes, into are. where we're going today. Yes, what, would you, what would you tell them? Yes, they, don't, t- don't believe that. Do not believe that. Do not believe that. But there's a great book. This is great. There's a great book called parenting beyond your capacity. I think it's mm-hmm. Reggie Joyner parenting beyond your capacity. And I read this book and it was about intentionally placing people. If you know your kids, well, they just don't listen to me, which they do. Don't believe that. One day they're going to learn. They're learning all the time. Don't believe that. But this book says to intentionally place people between you and your children that will say things that you want said, but they won't receive it from you. I go around and I talk about money, and you can't believe the people that will write me or email me or talk to me after a talk, and they come up and go, man, I gave my kids this book, and they're tearing this thing up, and they came up to me talking. I've been telling them this for five years. Yep. And look. You didn't listen to your dad sometimes, and I didn't listen to my dad sometimes, but there was somebody in my life, a youth advisor, you know, a a youth leader, somebody, a coach, right, a teacher, and you know who these people are that that have credibility, you know, they have currency with your children. Get those people in your kids' lives, because they'll talk to them, and they don't have to tell you what your child said, but they, but you know they're going to tell the wisdom that you want to say, but you can't say it because they're not going to receive it from you. They'll receive it from somebody else that has that, as Andy says, moral credibility, the credibility you earn by walking your talk, right? When you were choosing your pathway, so you graduate high school and college and you're choosing, you're standing at the crossroads of all these different opportunities. Mm. What made you choose what you did? What made Mm. you choose going down the route of the insurance route Okay. Because it plays into who you are today. Talk talk a little bit about that. So out of college, I'm, I'm from South. I'm a South Georgia guy. I was born in Hayhire. No one knows where Hayhire. Valdosta, Georgia. No one is where Hayhire. I was born in Hay- South Georgia. Valdosta State, Georgia State. Studied accounting. Hated every day of it. That's another story. Got out. Love God. God landed a love of studying money. I loved. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but God just slung. I loved studying money when I was 19, 20, mutual funds. And I just, I loved it. I know he poured it into me. And we'll come back to the tangent points of my life. Don't let me forget the tangent points of my life. So I got out financial planning firm. When I got out of college, I looked like I was seven and I'm trying to tell millionaires what to do with their money. Right. So I, yeah, I was decent, but left and went to the insurance industry, working in employee benefits. My parents were both educators, started working in benefits with schools, said, I can do this better, had some goals I wanted to accomplish once I did that. So I used that first six years of my career as like a an MBA class and got the CF Certified Financial Planning designation and some other things. 
got my goals, knew what I wanted to do. I could do it better, created my own firm, started that. So while being a CFP, I am a certified financial planner. That's not what I do, but it's what I've studied for 30 some odd years. And I love the study of money. And it was just kids will ask me. And I just say, God just landed that on my heart. It was what I would talk about. It was where I forgot what time was. You know, I forgot to eat when you're doing it. You know, there's a difference in a job and a calling. You know, people will pay you to do yep. a job. They'll watch you do your calling. And so um, anyways, that just God just slung it in my heart. And it's been cool to be able to kind of still do financial planning in what we do, even in benefit. So I still get to use it. And you've had it. And then this had book thing happened. Oh my gosh. And you've had an incredible career and you've had, mm -hmm. and you've built a great company, but here you are in the phase of life. Most people are slowing down. They're getting to the point. They're going, man, I have paid my dues. I have done my thing. And here you are traveling the country talking about the talk. And we're going to have links in the show notes that people can go and find out about this book Tell me where the talk started and why you said, I have to do something with this. So it, I, I tell people, my life has been ordered and ordained by God. And there are, if you look back, I know my, this is where I'm supposed to be exactly doing what I'm supposed to do. My dad was a superintendent and mom taught. Uh, my company works with schools for decades. I've been a, a youth advisor at church for years. I've, I've been a, a speaker for decades. I love the study of money, all these tangent points. I love writing. And so everything leads right now to me doing this. To your point of slowing down, I believe I'm 59. I believe that my most influential years, without a doubt, I've said this all the time, are going to be in my 70s. Mm. I, I don't even think, I, I just think I'm barely cranking up because our wisdom that we all have as we get older, and there's a, a, a book that, you know, in your mid to late 30s and 40s is when you have the most info. I don't believe that. I just don't believe that. We've got so much wisdom. We should be starting to really crank up well, the influence we want to have in our lives. And that's what I, I, I see I'm going to be. Back to your point. I'm always talking to my kids about money. And in November of 2019, we're in the kitchen and talking to my two sons. And my middle son, Grant, goes, Dad, you need to tell all of our friends this principle, this story. You need to tell them. So I said, okay, get all your knucklehead buddies at, in, in our con this conference room at, at our office building next month, Christmas break, when they come home, get them all in that conference room. There's 50 kids in here. There's pizza all down the hall. It's a crazy night. Now, I told this story about money, and it kind of locally went Facebook live viral thingy, and it I went, this has got some legs. So mm -hmm. I wrote kind of the lesson, the, the brochure, and started going around teaching this to my client high schools and it started getting legs and my editor publisher was at our house in jack's beach visiting with his brother and he goes man get this book out you've got this in you and i just cut on my microphone on my computer and just started telling the story and put lipstick on the pig and the thing comes out and it just now it is what it is and the you tell students and i've heard you say this so many times watching your speeches and reading your book you tell students that they are going to they are about to make in their young adult first check years the single biggest decision 
life decision. Life, thank you. Life decision. Yes, that they will ever make in their lives. And that sounds, I mean, that sounds pretty big. Why are you so passionate that they get this right when they start? So we'll get to the meat of the lesson, to the, the decision. But the book is called The Talk, The Talk About Money, A Young Adult's Guide to the One Decision That Changes Everything. And they have this moment in their life. They're going to make. They're going to be able to make the most important life decision they'll ever make in their life. Now, I tell kids when I speak, you ought to pop back at me and say, "Hey, the person I choose to marry is my most important life decision." And I'd say that's while that's very important. If we don't get money right, half of our marriages are gone. Mm-hmm. That's right. And many of the other half of marriages that make it aren't as great as they could be because of the weight and stress of money. This is not money is not hard. It's just when you can start and what you do. That's it's a they're this crucible, this this very important moment in their life, this decision point. And it's not going to be hard for them. It's not. Money's not hard. There's just a lot of stuff trying to make it almost impossible. And you just have to understand that and know what you're up against. But it's not hard. But that decision on money and that decision on giving and what owns you is one of the greatest life decisions. It's the greatest life decision you'll ever make. And I make sure, to, I never say decision. It's always a life decision. That's right. Because in that moment, they get to do it right. And if they do it right, the dividends later are going to be amazing. If they do it wrong, the pain later is going to be amazing. You, you, you've you said something really interesting. Discipline weighs ounces, regret weighs tons. So let's let's talk about this discipline. You talk about 70, 20, 10. Unpack that for everybody listening in and watching today. So here's the most important life decision. You're young adults. And I wrote this book for basically 16 to 24-ish, but I have 65-year-olds saying I got so much out of this, these, these lessons. But I wrote it for young adults yet to get their first real job. And here's here's the principle. Your your children, or you may be starting out, if you're watching this, starting out in a new career, you're about your young adults are gonna at some point get out of school, get out of college, and get their first real job. And when they get that first real job, they're gonna go from making basically nothing to the most money they've ever seen in their life on a regular basis. When you get that first job paycheck, instead of taking and spending all 100% of it, I want you to stop and only take 70% of it. Live on 70% of that paycheck. Invest 20% of it and look at me, give 10% of it away. I don't care who they give it away to, Mike. That's not important right now. (laughs) Side note. That that's above my pay grade. God will grab their yep. heart and teeth. That'll come late. I don't care who you give it away to. It's not important. Give it away. Make 70 your hundred. By the way, you know what the average American does? We're so cocky and arrogant about how much money we're going to make in the future. We don't even stop at spending 100% of that first job paycheck. Oh, we're better than that. We go get credit cards and load up on debt and live on about 105% of that first job paycheck. And you will never, you will never back down from that decision. You will never, and you can't say, well, I'm going to out earn my way out of that, Dale. I may not start on 70 now. I may start on 103, but when I make more, I'm going to earn my way out. No, you won't. 
No, you won't. 51% of adults that make over $100,000 are living paycheck to paycheck. 30% that make over $250,000 a year are living paycheck to paycheck. Mike, most money problems are not problems about money. A young girl is in an auditorium one day up in the top left, and she says, I can't live on 70% of my income. Now, she's on a part-time job. She goes, I can't live on 70%. And I knew where this was going. And I said, why can't you live on 70%? And she said, because it cost me $100 to get my nails done. And every kid in that room went, oh, and turned and looked at her. And I shut my mouth, and the principal lit yep. her up. That's not a money problem. It's not a money problem. And so these kids, look, 70% of that first job paycheck is still going to be the most money you've ever seen in your life. You're yep. at zero. You don't have a standard of living established yet. And whatever number 70 you accept as your standard, that becomes your reality. You'll never know in two months that, that 70 is not 100. What do you mean? My 100 is just my 100. That's just all I know. That's just my hundred. And somebody goes, well, that's hard. I've, I've heard this quote. Well, that's hard. Look, financially, being financially successful is hard. Being broke is hard. That's Pick right. your hard. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting so loud and passionate about it. But no, that's, this, you're, this, this you're exactly life. right. So here's the most important thing that I say in the whole lesson. These young adults have one shot to make this happen. Because if they take three of those first job paychecks, this is what I've studied for 37 years of my career. Debate me on anyone, debate me on. If you take three of those first job paychecks, spending all 100%, you will never back down to 70. It's over. And you will live life like most of America, which is broke. And I don't care how big the house is, broke, stressed, angry, and anxious because of the weight of money. And this is a moment they'll never even know they made a decision because they're going from zero to the most money they've ever seen in their life. And still, it's just going to be 70%. Imagine if you pay off a car loan. The next month, you've got 500 free dollars, don't you? Found money, free money. You can either immediately turn it and use that $500 for good or you can leave it alone. And the social media out sale, you know, advertising algorithms and the unawareness and the greed and the just unknown and the envy is going to go grab it. And in two months, you can never get it back. This is that decision on every paycheck for the rest of your life. And I'd love to tell you the example of what it can look like, actually. Yeah, real because that's a powerful example. And I heard you just recently giving a talk to a group of college students, and you you sort of extrapolate out a $36,000 salary, which most people will make coming out. It's right there in your, in your outline. Unpack the power of getting this right for some average kid whose parents didn't do great, they feel like life stacked against them, but they make the choice and they hear you at an auditorium in Hazelhurst, Georgia, and they go, I'm going to do this. Tell, tell our audience what that 36,000 can become over a lifetime. 
It's amazing. When I go speak, yesterday I was at 500 kids at Cherokee High School, or I go to Thomasville or Wilcox County near where you're down there talking about my home. And I want to start telling schools, if when I start talking for the next 55 minutes, if you see one phone come out, if you see one phone get looked at, my company will donate $1,000 or whatever. My, they sit, it's dead quiet mm. for 55 minutes. And kids, they're starving for hope because they know they're getting played by social media. They know, they know they're getting lied to, but they don't know the answer. And kids sit there and listen to this. So here's the example I use. I say, let's start with a $36,000 salary. Every one of you will achieve that. That's a normal starting salary in America. I don't care if you work in law, teaching, UPS, Walmart. That's a normal starting salary. And all of you will achieve that. And if you take the $36,000 a month, well, the magic happens when you make 70% of that $2,100. Well, how do you do that? You figure it out. You get you some extra roommates. You stay at home an extra year. You figure it out because after a couple of months, it's just going to be normal. You figure it out. Again, finance successful is hard. Broke's hard. Figure it out which hard you want. So again, uh, uh, 2100 that's going to be your 70%. That's 100 for you. 20% of 3000 is $600 a month. Out of the gate, the first month, you're investing $600, more than the average American family. You got your mutual fund portfolio going, your inside financial margin that's creating positivity in your life, in your, in your marriage, in your life. Your, your life. Things are just lighter when you're living inside financial margin, right? 20% is, is $600 times two is $7,200. I extrapolate that out. 10% giving. 10% of $3,000 is $300. you got to walk around every month and give away $300. Let me say this. Everything about your life changes. It's hard to walk around and give away $300 a month, but everything about your life gets new perspective. The 10% giving column, and I love saying this to these kids, the 10% giving column will do more to and for you than the 20% investing column. You'll start caring more about the 10% column than you will about the 20. You'll start taking from the 20% investing column and moving it to the 10% column. We can come back to this because everything about life changes when you start giving. The mind doesn't allow itself to feel hopeless when it's giving hope. It's physically impossible. And if you do this for the rest of your working life, you'll get to the end and have given away $437,000, not have a half a million at retirement, given away $437,000 and have $5.2 million on a $36,000 salary. Look at me. That does not care what kind of family you came from, does it? It's a principle and principles don't care. It doesn't care if you get an education, what education level, if you go to college, it's a principle. It doesn't care what race, what faith, or what country you're from. Money doesn't care. Mm. You see, this is lying to you. This is lying to you. And this is saying you'll never be able to do it. This is saying the only way you'll have success is to keep more, to get more, to hoard more, and to serve ourselves more. It's the world's greatest lie, and they know it is. I've talked to 38,444 kids since last June in person. They know that they know it's a lie. They know it's a lie. They just don't know the answer. And a principal in Little Rock, Arkansas said, did you see the hoodie? And I said, I know exactly. 
the biggest kid in the room sitting back there with this hoodie pulled over his head, didn't care about me at all. And I start talking. And at the end, the hoodie's off his back and he's leaned up like this. And he's the last one standing by me when everybody left out of the room. They're starving. And when they find out that anyone can be one of the wealthiest, most generous people in the world, anyone can. And this doesn't want you to do that, but they know there can't. There's got to be an answer, and this is an answer for them. And all I am, Mike, is just the pen that God, this is his message. I'm just the pen that he grabbed and wrote it with. This ain't my message. It's his, but they know it's the answer. But the giving part is what I love the most. You know what's so interesting in that, and you Mm -hmm. said something. I heard you say one time, people come to people who are givers. There's something contagious. They may not even know that you give. What is it about a giver that affects how they're viewed by others? What is it about their countenance? What is it about their life that makes them so contagious to other people? So part of the greatest part of this talk is my slide that says, why would I, why do, why do I give? And 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 I, I asked them, I said, y'all may know people dealing with things, anxiety, loneliness, anger, depression, even worse thoughts. And part of it is because, again, what this is telling me to do, what I'm looking at much of the day, every day, what we are, is telling me to get more for myself, keep more, hoard more, serve myself more. That is That is the world's greatest lie. And if you're just sick and tired of being sick and tired, of having no hope. A young girl two weeks ago came up. She let everybody leave and she turned around and nobody was there. And she walked up and she goes from an affluent school. And she looked at me and she goes, her head's down. She goes, how do I get hope? Mm, mm. And I said, let me tell you how to get hope. It's about flipping the script and becoming second and serving others. The mind, God even built in our brains. Why would nature? Nature does the opposite, the law of entropy. It does the opposite of this. God built in our brains a reward system when you do good things. Dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, endorphins, chemicals that get released when you do good things. Why would nature do that? That's one proof there's a God. Why do you why did you care? Why is there a reward system? And the the, the selfish reasons are the, the law of reciprocity. The world reward, you can't outgive what you outget. Try it. You can't outgive what you outget. And this is the example I get. You know, in my life, I've seen this work financially. I'm not a prosperity preacher. I'm not saying that's going to work for you. In my life, the more I've tried to give away, the more has come back. We can get into that. Solomon and the baby cut it in half. Well, you're the real mom because you showed love, right? I'm not, I'm just, there's a thousand lessons here. But in my life, the more I've tried to give, and here's the thing that I tell these young adults, this is the trick about giving that you don't know. It's a trick. When you give 10, you if I give you 10, I'm going to need to get 12 back, whatever 10 and 12 are. This is what I tell them. Everything changes. Everything about life gets new perspective when you start giving. Because when you give 10 and you start giving, this is why I say the 10% column will do more to and for you. The 12 you think you want to get back will completely change. Because when your heart wraps around giving, right. what you think you want to get back when you start completely changes. And everybody has this. I've got to, it's, it's, a, it's not a zero-sum game where some have to gain and some have to lose. You light a candle, yours doesn't get, bright, doesn't get dimmer, right? 
So I tell these kids, when you start giving, what you think you want to get completely changes. Here's the third reason, the selfish reason, because the world rewards givers. Mm, that's good. Everybody wants a piece of a person that's a giver, Mike, because they're rare. And I tell these kids, yesterday at Cherokee County, I, I used his name. I said, Liam, you start giving that $600. And the first month, people are going to start asking you to lunches for your, your advice and your wisdom. They're going to ask you to serve on boards. They're going to put you on planes and take you to places you can't imagine. Why? Because givers are rare. And everybody wants to be around a person that's a giver. They're rare. And that's not why you give. But when you give, it's just a byproduct. I mean, there's a there's a there's a selfish reason to selflessness. You could say. I mean, you it you just it, whether it's I want to get gain get into the gates of heaven or it makes me feel great. George Jenkins was the founder of Publix. Listen to this. I love Publix. Maybe it's just me. Come on, guys. You can say you love Publix. There's some of you out there. I know there are. That's right. Not just me. And when you go into Publix, there's a picture of an old guy named George Jenkins, who is a great Christian man. By the way, they're the Chick-fil-A of grocery stores. That's I don't right. know if you knew that. He was a great man, and he gave away millions of dollars in Lakeland, Florida, down there. And he was once asked, in his pictures behind the service counter, George Jenkins, 1929 to 1992, I think. George Jenkins, you'll never not see this now when you walk out of a Publix. And he was once asked, how much would you be worth had you not given away so much money? And he said, probably nothing. He owed everything he had to what he gave away because he knew the law of reciprocity. It's why Jesus taught more about money than he did about heaven and hell combined. Yep. It's not close because it's amazing. Jesus knew us more thousands of years ago than we literally know our own hearts. He knew stuff would own us. And he just said, and he never wanted your money, never cared about it. He just knew stuff was going to get in the way of, of loving people. And I'm trying to tell the, you know, a girl, 10 minutes after I left Cherokee High School, this young student's emailing me. She goes, where do I give my 10%? I know I want to give. I know I want to give some stuff. How do I do it? Do I write? And she's asking these questions. And moms will call me and go, my kid said, Everybody talks about saving, but nobody talked about giving like that guy said. That's right. It. Yep. Anyways. You know, you <laughs> think, Dale, this is a no-brainer. I mean, this just seems like a no-brainer. Why in the country we live in would people know this? Okay, so I could make $36,000. I could give away over $400,000. I could make $36,000. I could save $5.2 million. Why would people still choose not to do it? Just what the world tells us? So it's funny you ask. I say, why won't some do this, save and give? I've even answered, brought that same thing up. Number one is highlight reels. So I've answered that. Highlight reels. And the battle to keep up. So what I'm looking at here, I tell these kids, is this people's best or worst? It's all their best, right? right? It's cropped, filtered. It's the best beach. It's the prettiest hair, the best, the best, the best dress, the best pose. It's the best of every biggest watch, cleanest car. It's the best we've got. And it's not true. Are you seeing us highlight reels? And we think it's the truth. 
And so we're saying, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not thin enough. My beach isn't this enough. My wife is not blank enough. And all you're seeing is highlight reels. And it's not true, Mike. It's a highlight reel. You ever seen a great trailer for a movie and you go see the movie and it's terrible. (laughs) It's because all you saw was the best and you got played. But you took it for the best. And this is made, it's just tearing us up relationally, spiritually, financially, emotionally. It's tearing us apart because I'm not keeping up, but you're trying to keep up with something that's not there. It's like a, being a blind man in yep. a dark room looking for a black cat that's not there. It's not true, right? The second reason is stranger danger, not what you're thinking of. When I was 18, Wise people told me to do things that I didn't do. Why? Because, man, that's way down the road. I ain't ever going to happen to me. Me thinking of myself at 59 years old when I was 18, 59-year-old Dale was as foreign to me as passing a random stranger on a sidewalk. Yep. And I don't care about me in 40 years. Why would you ever smoke a cigarette? Why? You're likely to die a horrible death but not until 30 years down the road. And I don't care about me 30 years down the road. And there's some other reasons that are in the book, but these are just some of the reasons people aren't doing this. And it's easy to understand why you don't when you understand what's against you. And you've never heard that $36,000, now I'm gonna pull the hoodie back. You've never heard that anyone can be one of the wealthiest, most generous people in the world. Mm. And I've set all this up at the very beginning when we go through true-false questions to test their money knowledge. We've set it all up to let them know, man, I'm thinking wrong. What would you tell a parent? What would you tell a parent who hasn't made great financial decisions? They're sitting there, and they're in the make 250 k a year and live paycheck to paycheck, but they want their kids to do right. What What advice would you give them? about still pointing their kids this direction because i think the shame of it is i'm just not going to say anything i i've never earned the right to say the right thing about money what what advice would you give them every adult that's watched this in a room will say all or one of three things where was this when i was 18 mm-hmm. which by the way bring me back to the state of georgia board of board of education yep. and their work Where was this when I was 18? Our parents never talked to us about money. And what you said is so poignant. What's the parent going to tell you? They probably did it. We, we, most of us did it wrong. And what am I going to tell you? You need to do money right. Well, dad, how did you do it? Uh, put it in a bank. I know that ain't right, but just put it in a bank. You mean, what are you going to tell them? So they leave it on. That's why I called it the talk about money. I got your talk about money. You can talk about it. I got this one. And the third thing they, they might ask Mike is this, Dale, I didn't start on 70. What do I do now? There's two things you do. Number one, from now on, for the rest of your life, every new dollar that comes into your home, every new dollar, you're living on your income right now. You're living on something right now. That's right. Every new dollar it's a garage sale money. You pay off a car loan. You got a bonus at your work, a step raise. If you're a teacher, every new dollar coming into your house for the rest of your life, you're never going to take more than half of it. Get to some seasons. Look, you're, you're hopefully you're living on what you're making, right? You're making it work right now on what you're making. Okay. Hopefully you can get to some seasons to just go. My wife and I started doing this years ago. It's just, 
why do we need any, we don't need anything more. Just let's just not take this. Yep. And every time you do that, you're living on less and less of your, of your, of your, of your income and things just start feeling lighter. Just start when you live inside financial margin, just problems, just, just land a little lighter when they're problems. They just don't seem as big. We'll talk about that at the end. But every time you never take more than half of it now, and hopefully you can take none of it for some seasons. Okay. The second thing to do is when you save money or what you have, you've got to get it working as hard as it can. And the two places that wealth is created, most wealth is created in the world, stocks and real estate. And the way to, and all this is in the lesson, and you can watch it. You, I've got it on my web. You can watch the whole lesson. It's on Audible, or you you know get the book. But but so everything is is there. But it's to get it going. If you're gonna, you know, if you got it in a bank, I, I yep. talk about that. Where's the best place to supercharge it? What you do save, get it done right, and I, I teach you how to do that. It's just not hard. This stuff is not hard. It's not hard. You, you talked about the State Board of Education in Georgia mm-hmm. did something really significant for seniors. Tell everybody about this. This is pretty powerful. So uh, when the lesson was out, not the book, they asked me to come before the State Board of Education. Fenna Petty is one of the board members and loves investing. We talked and she goes, you got to come tell the story. I went down there and they fell in love with it and wanted to try to get it out to the schools. And then the book came out. And um, so they agreed to get the book to every senior this past April, every graduating senior this past year in Georgia schools, 120,000, every senior in Georgia got got the book. And they there's about 18, 20 states that have mandated personal finance. All of them will in future, or many more will. You have to. And um but Georgia, Georgia believes in this, that they really do believe in this. It's a burden on their heart. And I'm just grateful they let they let the talk get out there too. And it's funny, I would go speak at a college and I was at Reinhardt Monday and I saw you at our high school or I saw you at my church. I saw you at our church college ministry. I've got your book by my bedside table from last year. It's just really neat to the emails and from youth that just never thought there was a shock young men that'll come up and just hold me Mm. and say, can I hug you? And just hold me, Mike. And you can feel them crying. And they'll say things like, you have no idea what this will do to my life. You have no idea what this is going to do for my family. So, um, I remember a young girl, she walks up to me and she had her phone in her hand. She goes, we're getting lied to, aren't we? I said, yes, you are. Mm. And you're getting lied to you by people. You're getting lied to you by people who care nothing about you. You understand that these people care nothing about you. And uh, it's just amazing to the hope that you can see in these kids' eyes. There's no other way out. There's no other way out. And they know there's a way. But they just don't know what it is. And finally, maybe this is that that glimmer that says, and what I love is from the first gate, you just got to start giving. Mm. You got to start having it not be about you. So anyways. What's, what's a success to you? What would be a successful life for Dale Alexander? If you were to define mm. in the rearview mirror, yes, my life was a success. What would that be? 
having the affection and admiration of my wife, the obedience and love of my children, the pride of my parents, and the respect of my friends and colleagues. I've thought about that a little bit. You know, it's... Having uh, the, no, go ahead, please. I was just going to repeat it. Go ahead. Why that and not, I've built a great company. I have amassed a great fortune. I have influenced millions of kids about their finances. Why would you go to that as a success? We have a place in Jacksonville Beach, and I grew up, I loved surfing. And um, when you surf, or you ever you just play in the ocean? Have you ever noticed when you're playing in the ocean and you get ready? You everybody loves it's fun out there playing in the ocean. In 45 minutes, when you're ready to go back in, have you ever noticed you're a quarter of a mile down the beach? You never realized when you were drifting. Yeah. Andy Stanley says nobody realizes when they're getting lost, but they all realize when they are lost. Yeah. And Mike. To, I always I would tell the kids, if you're surfing or something like that, the way to solve that is you've got to have home base. You've, you, and you say my wife's sitting up there in a chair and know where home is and paddle back to home. Know where true north is. Know where true north is. Who can, Forget the wave. Yeah. Forget the wave. There are more waves. Forget the success. There's more success. You know, forget that. Where's, where's, where do you need to be back to? Because if you don't, you're going to wind up down the road and it's no fun. And so if I have the affection and admiration of my wife, it's going to take something to keep that. It's going to take something to keep that. It's going to take awareness and, and not drifting to keep that. If I have the obedience and love of my children, it's going to take because it doesn't matter what I say. You could yep. you could be you know standing up on the out you know sitting down on the outside, but you're standing up on the inside, and that's going to come out in life. The obedience and love of my children, the pride of my parents, and the respect of my friends and mm -hmm. colleagues. Mm -hmm. And if I try and focus on that. It affects every conversation. It affects every principle. It affects every decision. It affects every sale. It affects, man, that junk, who cared? That junk, but what about those things? And that's true north. That's that's my wife sitting on the beach. That's where I paddle back to, right? And you just have to know what your true north is. You got to know what it is. You got to know where you're paddling or you're just unaware. I brought some furniture back from Fayetteville, Arkansas one time to Atlanta. And I started at six o'clock in the afternoon, put back Garmin, put it in. It was at 12 hours, Canton, Georgia. And I at three o'clock in the morning, I'm by myself. And I see the sign that says at three o'clock, middle of the country, it says Louisiana State Line. Why am I in Louisiana going from Fayetteville, Arkansas to Atlanta? I'm in Louisiana. And I felt lost. And until I found somebody and got guidance, I felt it was no fun. You never realize when you're getting lost, but you realize when you are lost. So no true north. When life is said and done, the Bible says in the book of Acts that David lived his purpose in his generation and he was done. I believe we all have a purpose. What do you think was the unique purpose wired into Dale Alexander that God gave you? That's the purpose for you in this generation. I, I think that 
I know that he just said, I'm going to give you this. And, and I'm writing a speech now called Better Than You Found It, What the World Needs Now. And it, we, we've, we've all got something. And some, we've all got something, some gift. Well, I ain't got to get, you know, somebody said, everybody's, everybody's got a purpose. You can always serve as a bad example, but, <laughs> but we've all got something and something could be something hard you came through. That's right. Uh, saw a quote the other day, your, your, your story may be someone's survival guide one day. And so it, God just, I think God just landed on my heart. Your thing, Dale, your gift to the world is going to be money. And the ability to tell a story about money. I don't know why. I said, God, I don't know why you chose. I don't know why you chose me for this. But as long as it's in your will to keep doing it, help me to do it well. I don't know why this is my thing. I know it's my thing. It's not close. He's kicking the doors down for me to do this thing. And he just landed it on my heart years ago. And I know it's here. I'm, that's why I'm here, what I'm here to do. Anything else you'd want to share with folks today? So let me just uh, share how I close a talk at, a, at an event. Imagine you're a young adult sitting there, 17, 18 years old, and uh, you don't know what, what your life is going to have. And, and you, here's how I will close a talk. I say, everybody, look up at me. Look at me. You're going to remember this moment like it was 30 years ago. And I want you to imagine you're sitting in this massive backyard, gorgeous zoysia grass in this huge home and in the oak tree and pine straw and a flower bed. And there's kids running around. It's some charity event at your home. There's kids running around all over the place and you're sitting in an Adirondack chair. Maybe you're looking at a marsh or a farm, mountain, beach. I don't know what you're looking at. And, and I just want you to remember this moment. Because you're going to remember this like it was like it was yesterday, but in 30 years, and one of the kids runs up and they jump up in your lap and they grab your face and they pull you right up to their face and say, "They say, Grandma, Grandpa, how did you do this?" And you're going to laugh when you say this at how fast it happened. I remember a long time ago, and he even said I would laugh at how fast it happened. This little short ball headed kind of creepy dude came to my school and stood on the stage and he said if I would make 70 my 100 he said everything about my life would change he said my marriage would change how my kids act the opportunities they have our vacations we ch would change he said my grandchildren's grandchildren's lives would change on one decision and i don't know why but i believed it and that baby girl is how we have all this and a friend of mine came to westlake high school in south fulton one day and he I, he said can i say something and i said yeah and he walks down front michael Landry, and he looks at them and he says in 30 years, one of you is going to get in your private jet and fly to Jacksonville Beach and sit in Mr. Dale's backyard and thank him for what you learned today. <laughs> Gosh, that's so powerful. So that's just what I want. You know, this is the give a giving part of the giving bucket of our lives is to, to just go around and I don't get, you know, pay to go 
give books and ride around and stay in hotel rooms. I'm not saying, I'm just telling kids, this is the greatest part of my career. It's not close. It's not close. And it's just what giving does to you. So I just appreciate you and letting me tell this story because somebody will grab something out of this and change somebody's life. You know, there were some points in this episode. I thought Dale was going to come through the screen. He was so fired up. He is not teaching a subject. He is sharing a passion and he believes it. And I believe him. And I'm telling you, we have operated, Ann and I have really sort of operated on a rule pretty, pretty similar to what Dale talked about. And it's, it's a life-changing thing. When you can handle your money and not let it handle you, it's amazing what you can do and what you can accomplish. If you want more information on Dale, go to the show notes. Grab his book, The Talk. Go to his website, dalealexander.com, and you are in for some just good, good, good stuff. Well, I hope you wrap up your 2023 in a great way. Get some rest, watch some good football games, and uh, get ready for the year ahead. And we start off 2024 with a bang. On January the 1st, we release one of my favorite people. It'll be his second time on the podcast, Daniel Harkavy. Daniel is the is the name you may not know, but all of his clients you do know. And you'll spend some time with Daniel and learn why I love spending time with Daniel. Oh, so, so good. So I don't want you to miss any episodes in 2024 because we got some killers coming out. So make sure and subscribe Go to iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you watch or listen from and hit subscribe because that is the easiest way never to miss an episode that's coming out and share it with a friend. And if you ever leave ratings and reviews, that's awesome. It helps us a ton. But know this, you've honored me with your time. I pray we've honored you with this episode pouring into your life and leadership. Now, let's wrap 2023 by loving God, loving people, and living sin. See you next week as we start out a brand new year with Daniel Harkavy. Thank you for listening to the Lynch with a Leader podcast with your host, Mike Lynch. If you enjoyed this episode, you can help more people hear it by subscribing and leaving a review wherever you may be listening. For full episode notes and more spiritual leadership resources, visit MikeLynch.com.